The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this Thanksgiving Eve. We'd love to uh, love to have you join in. It is number one. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Welcome welcome in, everybody. Drew has the day off, so it's uh, Dan at the controls today. Bill and Dan here in hour number one with, with our regular first hour guest slash co-host, Jason Caldwell from... Uh, from Auburn Undercover, you, you might need to start if you said anything vitally important there, because I think we, I think we, you may. Yeah, have yeah, I was, yeah, I, I didn't. What it was, my head, my headphones weren't working. So, so it's one, I'm, it's one, two, three, yeah, four. It's is, funny is the way it goes, so, right? Yeah, so you're, no, you're a, but I'm you're actually on now. two. We got you, we got you midway through the announcements. I think it was Jason pointed out, but I, I hadn't plugged my headset in. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're on. I think I, we, I, we, we should be. I, I think, th- every, I think, I think I, everything's good here on this gray like J- Wednesday. This Jacob is a wintry. Looking day. Jacob hasn't stormed in here yet, so I think we're, no. I think I think we're pretty good to go now. So uh, so yeah, excited for the uh, the last show before uh, before we take uh, tomorrow off for Thanksgiving. That is right, uh, J- uh, JC. How you doing? Yeah, good. You're right. It is it is dark, dreary, a little coolish outside. Better than yesterday. Yeah, it's it's it it yes better. Yeah, we needed some rain though, so yep. it was nice. Um, yeah, but no, it's a good day. Looking forward it, to. Uh, it's sort of. I mean, this this kind of. Weather looks like Iron Bowl yeah. time. And no, Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, and you, you get to get to, to Saturday and hope you a little sunshine and have yeah. that, that early afternoon sunshine where the colors just kind of pop out. It's always, you know, this late in the year game, you get some really good photos with that sun setting depending on, you know, if you're in, if I'm in the wrong spot, though, I'm, I'm, I'm staring back into a blinding sun, and so it's, sometimes it can be difficult. But, yeah, it should be a good day. Yeah, that, of course, the Iron Bowl Saturday at 2.30 kickoff over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And uh, we, we'll talk about that. We'll get Jason's thoughts, quick thoughts on last week, which I know everybody wants to uh, put behind them now that, we're, now that we're here at Wednesday. But it's, it's not one it's – not, it's not anything like basketball last night where, okay, you just forget about that. I mean, you, you, can't just, you can't just immediately forget – Something like this past Saturday's yeah, loss to New Mexico State. It's la- lasting memories now that we've had a couple of days to process it, like the things you'll think about the most when, when you – because I imagine this is a game that could come up again, you know, sometime soon. I mean, and, and even even longer than soon, right? Because this is – I mean, we've tried to put Auburn, New Mexico State in some sort of historical context and – it's yeah. up there. Yeah. So so what <laughs> it's, like, what really what really stood out to you about – uh, about the performance on either side of the ball. Yeah, well, it there there wasn't one or much of one to begin with. That's what stood out to me. As I took a deep breath Sunday, Monday, probably it it made me realize even more that I think we saw a team that after three wins and you know they hadn't beaten anybody that was really very good, but it felt like they're like ah, oh, okay, now we're Auburn, we can relax and and mm-hmm. and get ready for the Iron Bowl, even though you still prepare. It's not, and, and people think about, well, the coach is just looking ahead. Well, the coaches in their office might have, but when they're on the practice field, those guys are coaching the game to prepare for New Mexico State. We saw that Tuesday when we were out there for practice. I mean, 
<clears throat> so you, if you know, and then you get to Saturday and you go, okay, now we're ready. And and I thought, I thought when the quarterback body slammed, you know, near my preacher, like, okay, that's when they're going to wake up. But it's it just doesn't work that way. If you're not prepared Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but to be that guy on Saturday, you can't flip a switch. It's like it's, it's, like, just, hy- it's like hydration. It, right? it like does. It's, yeah, it's too late. It, it, you're right. Yeah. If if you wait to drink water when you're cramping, it's too late. Yep. And and that 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 play actually seemed to fire up their sideline. Yeah, you, you know, could use that by the way if you wanted. Yeah, yeah that, it's exactly <laughs> that's, right. That's but all but you know what else? It, 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 it when I started thinking about this week, I started thinking about it in basketball terms. Watching teams like Florida Atlantic last year. Watching these other teams that you have a bunch of guys that play a lot of football, and when you have the portal mix, you go, okay, you are still got guys that are better than the other team, but you got a team that's played together for a long time. You have a bunch of guys that have played. To me, the quarterback was the single biggest difference in the entire football game mm-hmm. because of what he did at the line of scrimmage. They checked plays over and over and over again and said, okay, you blitz here, we'll go here. You you don't do you show us this we'll do this and it was over and over again to get them in the right play at the right time and not only did he get them in the right play but when they needed to make a play they made it every I mean time. they it they w- it was the perfect storm mm-hmm. it was Auburn every time they had a chance to make a play it reverted back to Cal and Texas A and M where okay penalty here um, you know drop one here whatever it was it was that over and over again and the other part of it it was is unlike the last few games, the offense is standing on the sidelines for much of that game. I mean, they, they ran three plays in the first quarter and had the last two plays there. And, and you look up and you're down, you're like, well, it, it kind of – you could still run it, and they tried some, I don't, but but they didn't have the ball very much. I don't recall, I don't recall a game where Auburn's opponent had as many long – Time-consuming drive. They had four drives of at least eleven plays. Yes, and Auburn. I think Auburn had forty plays until that last yeah. possession. They had run forty offensive plays, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, it was it it was a perfect storm. It was um, no excusing it. It was ugly, um, and now you have a chance to to go out and and try to make everybody forget about it for a little while. It'll it'll be you're right. It'll be one. You're not going to forget that game, um, but you can also go. Okay, it was Hopefully a blip. You can it, always, was a, it was a blip in the radar yeah. of what you're doing as a program, and I think that's that's kind of the goal heading into Saturday. So, so a question I've been asking, and I guess to it, I'm, I don't want it to be a leading question because I haven't made up my mind as to how I would answer this question. But like, do do you view? You just talked about the quarterback position being a big difference uh, this past Saturday. Do you look at the quarterback situation in Auburn and think? This is a team that feels like it can build around Peyton Thorne going into next season? Or do you think they're going to view quarterback as a priority when the portal opens up in December looking for someone to come in and unseat Peyton? I guess both is a possibility there. I think here's – yeah, I think you're right. I think it's not an either-or. I think you go, hey, we feel like this guy can win games. But we also won't hesitate to try to go bring somebody in that's better. I think you have to view it that way across Everywhere. the board. Which is sort of how Lane Kiffin viewed it last offseason, right? He had, I, he had Jackson Dart returning, yeah. but when Spencer Sanders got into the portal uh, from Oklahoma State, yeah, a, a guy who started a lot of games. Yeah, I he think, wasn't the only one. Yeah, he, they, brought, he they went and got two guys. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're in a position where you go, you don't necessarily have to have one, but if the right guy comes in, you may now, that may change. 
if you lose one or two of your quarterbacks, then you're going to have to go get another experienced guy, in my opinion, to be there in case you need them. Um, Robbie Ashford would have to graduate. He's a guy that cannot go anywhere unless, unless he, he goes grad- down. Unless he goes down, which yeah. I, I don't foresee that happening. No. Holden Garner's a guy that could say, hey, I want to go take a look somewhere else. He's happy. Don't know that would happen. But you might be in a position where you have to go get one. Right now, I feel like, hey, if you, if the right guy comes along, you make a run and see what happens. Would you say it, it is similar? To, I mean, because someone pointed the Jackson Dart, you know, comparison, you know, which which is, you know, Jackson Dart had an up-and-down season last year for Ole Miss, but uh, but was still a guy with eligibility remaining that, that Lane Kiffin had brought in. Uh, and they thought, well, this is someone who, you know, if, if he holds on to his job, you know, they, they feel like they can win games with him. But they brought in someone who, who – conceivably could have unseated yeah. him and, and Jackson yeah. the, pro- the problem is you're bringing in somebody else who no matter what you do if you do something like that you're bringing in someone else who doesn't have experience with that system or with that coach right. usually and then the guy who's been there for a year is going to have a huge leg up. and that's and that's what we saw at Ole Miss we yeah, saw this absolutely sec- the second year in the system uh, Jaden Daniels a little bit better his second year second at year, LSU. Second year at LSU and it's vitally it's vitally important you mentioned Jaden Daniels it feels like Bringing in who if if you're gonna bring in someone to compete at quarterback, they have to go through spring practice because the learning curve is yeah and and, and yeah well, that's, and that's right. the thing and in year two makes the big yeah. deal. Here's the biggest thing: you look at both those guys. What's the biggest thing they got going for them now? They got playmakers. They do. the The biggest yeah. thing you can do to make sure that you got the right quarterback is to get a bunch of better players around them. That's and, the goal. That's right what now. they're efforting right now. That's There's it. No question. That's about it. That. And you go okay. And uh, here's the thing. Would I be surprised if they go out and said, look, we want to get one more older transfer wide receiver, but instead of having to take a run at guys they did last year, go, let's, let's find somebody that has proven it at, at the Power 5 level. Get one. One of those guys to, one to help you yes. bridge the gap for those young guys mm-hmm. and then let those young guys go and eat. And, and, you know, I think to me that's as big as anything right now is, is putting those pieces in place. Do you, do you maybe go get another offensive tackle to help – bridge the gap a little bit more there uh, on the offensive line, which I think is a group that's played pretty well until last Saturday. Um, do you need – and, you know, pass rush guys, you got some young guys, you get Jalen McLeod back, you feel better about that spot. But you still need uh, – can you go find a guy that can, yeah, can, you get can another create and, yeah, and push no the pocket and do some different things? There's some spots that they'll go. I don't – it's not going to be that – this 20 guys in the transfer portal, in my opinion. But I think you could see, hey – we still need eight to ten, maybe twelve spots where we need to get better. And you go look for and see if you can find that guy. You know, I wondered when uh, when when Coach Freeze was talking a little Monday about uh, the the team and being able to count on each other and things like that. That's one of the things that's tougher with the transfer portal. I think people just go go out and grab them, bring them in, and man, you're going to be better. And and you may be better talent wise. But it's still you don't know how those guys are going to mesh, even even when you're coming down the stretch in games ten and eleven. No, and and, and you know it's you look and, and TCU is going to be the outlier of that, and, and what they did, you know, last season and kind of doing some of those things. Um, when you start going, oh, you, you put all these plug all these pieces in you place know, and do all those things. If you win a lot, things work a lot better too. It, it guys wor- get along a whole lot correct, better. It works and, a lot and better, better. And and but but then you look and go, okay, what's the What's the downside of having to do that and not just because they completely rebuilt? Auburn said, look, we, we're doing these things, but they brought in guys that a lot of them had another year. Mm-hmm. They also went and signed some high. T- 
TCU said, here we go. Well, what's TCU right now? Yeah. Terrible. Well, they don't have those guys. They don't have them. Because they were one and done. And so you look and go, okay, how can you do it to build for the future, but also to be better now? I think Auburn's done a better job of that. Do you think but, eligibility remaining was a big factor in who they decided to go after in the portal this offseason? Some of it was. Okay. I think some of those positions were. I think they the first thing they said was, look, we've got to, we've got to find some offensive linemen that are ready to play now. And it, it, almost, didn't, it, it didn't almost, matter the eligibility for those guys. Right, it almost feels like a bonus that it's like, okay, well, some of the guys that you viewed as priority players that could come in and become starters – like a Dylan Wade Correct. or a uh, Rivaldo Fairweather. Correct. Uh, these these are guys who uh, even yeah. Caleb Burton, right? Yeah. Or Jaden I mean, McLeod. Yeah, yeah. McLeod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you're able to get another year from those guys, and right now I would I would say that I feel pretty confident that, that those guys are going to be back. What's Austin Key's eligibility? He, he's situation, got another year, right? He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, Austin he's, does. He's, Larry Nixon does not. Austin does. Yeah. Austin Keys has a year, so you got him and Eugene Asante has another year. Even though he's a second year transfer guy. Bill, would you say these are all guys that that seem like, presuming they don't make the NFL decision, starters? They all seem like Bill Cameron depth chart starters. I would, I, I would sure think so, unless you go out and find somebody better. Yeah, and and, and that's what and, Jason's and, talking about. Yeah, and so you look and you, you start going, okay. You've put some, and I go back to the offensive line because if Dylan Wade is a guy that returns, and you've got Connor Lou that you plugged in, and you've got Too Tall at right tackle right there that you that you plugged in, Jeremiah Wright is the guy that I would I would believe would, would be back. So you start thinking about that. You got Jade Muskrat that's come in. You got Dylan Cinda. They feel really good about Tyler Johnson, the true freshman offensive tackle. How much has Tate Johnson played this year? Tate, has he, has he been, Tate's a guy that's played some. I think, been, yeah, I, yeah. Think I, Tyler, I, I think Tyler Johnson okay. is a guy that, that's Tate, yeah. really good. Tate was working in the picture, I remember, yeah. earlier. Yeah. In the, in Tyler's the a guy I think Jason could still get a red shirt. Yeah, I, he's only played in maybe three so games. I think he's played maybe maybe yeah two, maybe three. Yeah, sat, you know, that's Saturday, as bad as it was, in that regard – kept that from having That's to be right. a decision for a lot of these guys yeah i know it was disappointing for a lot of the kids that that, that thought oh they're, they're going to get an opportunity to play but yeah but yeah so it's been a getting back to the original question about quarterback i think it's that way across the board where you look at it and you go um feel like this guy's a guy we can win with we got to get better at every position but includes that position if we can find somebody that we feel like can push them absolutely you're gonna bring them in one one final question it's not so much about last week but we'll move on from the new mexico state game but i know a couple of callers and a couple of folks that i've talked to have said doesn't last week really adversely affect recruiting well it didn't help obviously but jason you've been around it a long time um generally the scores of ball games aren't aren't the top thing as far as affecting recruits decisions it's not Uh, especially in the in the the grand scope of things, it might affect one individual, but it's not going to affect a group of guys. So you're going like, hey, I mean, we talked to you know guys last week. N- normally, and it's it's funny saying it. Normally, the people who handle it the best are the players and recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why is is because a lot of these guys they've probably only been to four or five games ever. They haven't grown up for thirty years or fifty years or seventy years watching and living and dying by Auburn football. They're going, okay, is that a place I really like? Do I think they're going to be good here in a few years? Could I, Absolutely. Could, 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 could I help? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, yeah, over the years, I would say that when – and here's the best example I can have. The 2013 kick six game. I'm standing in the end zone. Oh, you're, and Rashawn Evans comes going crazy, flying by me onto the field, waving a towel, jumping up and down. And in a couple of months, he signed, he signed with, with Alabama. Alabama. That's right. 
and I also I understand why someone would would look at a result from Saturday and think, oh, well, that's going to really hurt on the because it hurts them. Sure, but but I would also say if that were true, then the Louisiana Monroe loss would have torpedoed Nick Saban's, which ended up being the best recruiting class in the country at the end of that at the end of that year. And Kirby Smart lost to Vanderbilt at home in his first year as Georgia's coach, and I believe he's still been able to bring. Yeah, some talented it, it, players well, into that program. I mean, Nick Saban lost to UAB at, at LSU. Yep. Um, it yeah it it doesn't have a a a massive impact on kids. They're looking at it. Hey, because here's the thing: when you're trying to recruit their kids, you're trying to recruit right now. You know, the first thing they think, I'm better than those guys. Mm-hmm. I can help right away. And if if we do that, then we're going to win a lot more games. And you're right. I, I wrote about it. Um, and it's a it's a different scenario. Um, because, it, you know, the score, all those things. But Auburn's not going to sign a class like Alabama signed, but it's going to sign a, le- a lot better class than they've signed in a long time. It can be a whole lot better even than it stands today moving forward. But 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 you're there are things that are more, I won't say more important for kids than wins and losses. But in, in, the, tr- in the end, that's probably the truth. They're, you know, winning and losing is important. They've shown what they wanted to show, and can you win enough to – to get them on board, and at Auburn's done that. Just get underway here on the Wednesday drive. Again, the uh, final show before Thanksgiving. We are off tomorrow, so let's see. We've got Jason in with us here in hour number one. In hour number two, David Pascal will join us at the top of the hour, and then we have our Tiger Takes coming up with Eugene Asante at the bottom just of got, the hour. Just got confirmation, Ferguson on Friday. That's so good. We're going to have good. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observatory. So we're moving everybody around and uh, going to have the full week for you in, in four days. We'll get to our first break. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Attention large property owners and adventure seekers. If you're looking for a reliable and powerful off-road vehicle, check out the full lineup of Landmaster UTVs at University Ace Hardware. With a tough steel frame, four-wheel drive, and strong suspension, Landmaster UTVs can handle anything from hauling gear for a hunting trip, tackling chores around your property, or exploring new trails. Landmaster has a UTV for you. Visit University Ace Hardware today and experience the ultimate UTV in off-road performance. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Tracy Lawrence, live at the Oaks Farm, Saturday, December 2nd, with the Red Clay Strays and Zach Top. Tickets start at $45. Get six and under free. $1 from every ticket sold goes to Tracy Lawrence's Mission Possible, benefiting the homeless. That's December 2nd. Gates open at 5. The Oaks Farm, Veterans Parkway, Lafayette, Alabama. Tickets now at 423productions.com. This is Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olean Price. When we have the opportunity to assist residents of this county, we are pleased to offer options in an effort to make your business with us as convenient as possible. You may visit any of our three offices, one in Auburn, one in Opelika, and in Smith Station. We are open to serve you Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. Central Time and 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Smith Station. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. 
Life isn't made for joint or orthopedic pain. It's made for living, for family, for your favorite hobbies, for sports, for morning walks and afternoon playing in the park. If you suffer from joint or orthopedic pain, turn to the experts at the Orthopedic Clinic. Our board-certified surgeons provide cutting-edge surgical procedures and high-quality, innovative services all close to home. Don't let joint or orthopedic pain keep you from doing all the things you love. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule an appointment today. It's the trendy, fashionable boutique that's easy on the pocketbook. Discover Elizabeth Boutique, the cute contemporary clothing and more store in downtown Auburn. Elizabeth Boutique has all the in-demand tops, skirts, pants, shoes, and accessories for all ages, plus a great gift selection, and you'll be pleasantly surprised by the affordable prices. It's the unique boutique for all occasions. Elizabeth Boutique on North College, downtown Auburn, and on Facebook. This is Zach Alsterbrook with Alsterbrook Law Group, specializing in family law, criminal defense, DUI, and personal injury. Alsterbrook Law Group can help you. 114 North Knight Street in downtown Opelika, serving Lee County and the surrounding areas for over 10 years. Remember, if you want someone that has your back, call Zach. 737-3718. Big city experience, small town values. Alsterbrook Law Group. No representation has made that the quality of services to be performed is the greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. On the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell here in the studio. We'd love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the drive hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So, um, yeah, we'd love your thoughts as as we turn uh, to the Iron Bowl Saturday, an Alabama team coming in, Jason, that is uh, still number eight in the uh, the latest college football playoff rankings. Now, they they probably will move up a spot or two just because of other games that are played this weekend if they if they win convincingly, but they still they need some help. Uh, I mean, they need they need they've got a matchup coming up next week against Georgia. They need to win that one, but they still may need a little help. To get in, so they are not that they're never highly motivated, you know, never not highly motivated against Auburn, but they have an awful lot to be playing for this Saturday. Yeah, and you know, you look and and kind of how it works out um, from the playoff rankings. You look and you go, somebody from the Big Ten is going to lose. Somebody from the Pac-12 is going to lose. Yes, if it's, um, if Washington beats Oregon, Oregon is definitely out they would be out yep but you look and you go the big 10 one of those two teams they win is going to win their playoff right so they're going to be in so you're going to have a big 10 team in florida state i mean even though they dropped i mean i guess louisville could beat them i can't imagine a 13 and 0 power five team not being in i mean it could it could happen it could happen without without quarterback with him i mean if georgia wins out uh the ohio state michigan winner washington washington 
Well, it's oh, I, still. I, I, how, how, know, could well, well, how could you leave them? How could you leave a fourth un, undefeated? It'd be but, hard for me to. I mean, Texas has beaten Alabama. They have, but I mean, an and, unbeaten Power Five champion. It, it would no, be, I, I think it'd that, be hard. I think Florida State. I think that the four undefeated teams are in if they keep. I think. I think. I think five undefeated teams because you have two Big Ten teams right now. Correct, well, yeah, yeah, but, but, but there it, could only be four. Yes, correct. If those, if, if you it know, winds up being four, I can't imagine somebody not making with four teams. When Auburn didn't make it in two thousand four, you only had two spots. Right, there was only so much you could do. The you, closest you've, the, you've done all you could do if you're Florida. State. The toughest argument would be, would the committee view a th- and I, and I guess if you're going by resume, they would need to. But thirteen and zero Florida State without Jordan Travis versus twelve and third yeah they'd be twelve and one Texas with a win in Tuscaloosa and and a Big Twelve championship and. Their quarterback, like I, I mean, well, I mean, this is what my my problem always. Can you ha- leave? Can here, you leave Florida State out in that here, situation? Here's, you do that? Does Mike Norvell just go? Well, there's no sense in me staying here. Here's what I always go wonder to the about. NFL. Here, here's what I always wonder: Why does it matter more then than it? Why did so? Why not you count? Well, this team lost a game without their quarterback in Week Four. Well, we're not going to count that at all. Why? What's the? I never understood the difference. They're, you're still the team. It still matters. Why does it matter more now than it did in week three when a guy, oh, this guy's hurt, they lost the game. Well, okay, we're just going to strike that. There's, we're counting them as undefeated. Is the committee supposed to be choosing the four most deserving teams or in That's their mind? That's always the, the question. Like, right, yeah. Four or best but, but here's the thing. Whose eye test matters? I mean, because that guy's eye test has an agenda. I don't care what anybody says. Anybody that sits in that room. You, you, it's just human nature. Oh, you can't. It's that's human right. nature. You cannot. If you're the AD at Miami, and you go, ah, well, I think Oklahoma looks better than Florida State. Yep. It it just you cannot help but, and it's why it's flawed. It's always going to be flawed, and that's why the more teams that get in there, the better. The, the and, we, and we'll get to Keith in in just a moment, but the I just want to be clear. Like I think that the four undefeated, like if you have four undefeated conference champions, the committee's work aside from the seating, the committee's oh, work yeah, is done. If if they're four un, unbeaten Power Five champions, then they ought yeah, to be it. exactly. And that the, ought to be the four. The, the mess. If, period. If they don't have that, then you've got a huge mess. Then you're going to have a beauty pageant between twelve and one teams or eleven yeah. and one teams. In the case of the loser of Michigan Ohio State, deciding who is the the most deserving of several teams that have similar resumes, and that's going to be, uh, yeah, that that's going to be a mess. I've got a feeling we're not going to have four unbeaten. Feels I don't. Chance. I don't think so either. Um, I think it could be three, but I think it could be two by the time it's done. All right, let's get to the uh, drive hotline, and Keith is up first. Hey, Keith. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to chime in on uh, the game last week. Uh, if if, I, if Auburn could come up and beat Alabama, I, I would forget about it. <laughs> it just uh, they, uh, it's just you know, it just kind of hurts your feelings or, or makes you scratch your head when you when you get dominated like that by somebody that you really expect to beat. Yeah, and and you know it, it as Bill said earlier, it, when you think about plays and you go, you have a a third and seventeen, where if you kick a field goal, there's thirteen to seven. You know, and you go, hey, you're you're fine, everything's okay, go down and score, you'll be okay. The fake punt, they're, fake, they're, you know, Jason, I was I was thinking, what if uh, Auburn doesn't uh, interfere on one of the, the first on two? one of the first two in the first drive? If the fourth and five is not interference. And and you don't um, score and, and the, the first I mean the first one you know yeah. like if you don't you're not in field goal range yet yeah if you don't score 
You might go who down. Knows? The, you might who go knows down how that game changed? It, it, it was, but it but it but, happened. But yeah, they but did it, it when they had to. Correct, and it was it was a time of. You're right. It's a matter of when and when they did it. And you're right. I, I but it, you're, I think you look at it and go. Most people would forget for a while. You might think about it again in in July, going, "Man, how did we lose, how, how how did you lose that game to, and then beat Alabama?" But yeah, I think it would make everybody feel a lot better for sure. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that I was calling about is, uh, you know, earlier in the year we were talking about um, the uh, uh, I think Saban's first uh, year came up, and I was at that game and. After I was hung up, it seemed like you know y'all was uh, somebody was insinuating that Saban had a lot more talent on that team. Uh, but if I remember right, and you know I kept up with him a little bit closer then because my daughter was in school over there. But um, he, uh, if I remember right, he he didn't have one player go to the NFL. He got uh, one that walked on, like got uh, offered to go to a camp. It was a walk on defensive defensive end, and he wound up doing pretty good. But uh, from what I understood, was you're saying from Saban's that, first Saban's first team at Alabama, the the 07 team that lost to Louisiana Monroe. I I would yes. still think that Keith that team when you look at the when you look at the numbers they are they not number one classes like Nick Saban has had, but they were still top. They were around number. They were in the top ten or right at the top ten, uh, and they had some guys that were younger players that went later. Jason, what yeah, you got? I, yeah, you had. I think you're right. Yeah, you had Andre Smith that was a starter at offensive tackle. Antoine Caldwell that was a starter at center. Both those guys played in the NFL for a long time. Wallace Gilberry played in the NFL for quite a while. Well, um, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to more, more talented than this Auburn team. Ooh, that's interesting. Yes. Did, it, I don't did, think it's not even, even close. close. Nick Saban walked. Yeah, no, I would. I would. Th- well, Nick Saban also took over a team that was a year removed from. I mean, what was Alabama's record in 2005? Like that, I mean that that team was. Didn't they start nine and Mike 0? Shula won won ten games. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not started the season eight and 0, 9 and zero, whatever yeah. it was. I mean that team and and a lot of those players were still on. Yeah. The, now the they, they they weren't. Uh, there's no question. Nick Saban really upped the recruiting at Alabama with and and with more players that headed to the NFL. But yeah, Keith, I I, I still think that this Auburn team is nowhere. Uh, along the lines of the talent that, that Nick Saban and that's had not his to, first that's year. That's not to discredit any of the work Nick Saban has done since then, uh, no. right? In two thousand, you know, since that two thousand seventeen. But no, that was a that was a team that I think part of the reason Mike Shula was fired. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Part of the reason he was fired is because there was a belief he was underachieving with the talent he was bringing to Alabama. They were recruiting. Uh, the, the recruiting needed to improve too, but he was bringing in players, and they thought maybe he could be doing more and, with, with the players he had. And, and Auburn was on a winning streak. And Auburn was on a winning streak. <laughs> and he did. And he didn't get Tebow. Right. They didn't have the uh, transfer portal going on like that then. Yeah, you're and right. I think that, from what I understood, uh, listening to him talk, is is that he uh, he didn't. I, I don't think he uh, recommended any of the seniors uh, for uh, NFL looks. He he said it was a culture problem and a uh, attitude problem, and he straightened that out. Yep, evidently. You're absolutely right about that. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Keith. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. Experience and knowledge from the pros. 
Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Russell Building Supply is your hometown home improvement store. You'll find what you need when you need it. And as a Russell Rewards member, you'll be in the know about monthly specials and exclusive offers. Russell Building Supply, East University in Auburn, across from Cary Creek Publix. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. It's time to stop dealing with unreliable network copiers, printers, and scanners and waiting for days for service. ABS of Auburn is your locally owned and operated solution. A full-line Canon, Lexmark, Toshiba, and Ricoh dealer, ABS of Auburn specializes in smooth, efficient office operations. Get the systems, tools, and expertise you need for streamlined productivity, plus reliable support that's always on call. ABS of Auburn, how may we help you? Call 334-329-7000 to schedule a free on-site consultation today. Tracy Lawrence, live at the Oaks Farm, Saturday, December 2nd, with the Red Clay Strays and Zach Top. Tickets start at $45, kids 6 and under free. $1 from every ticket sold goes to Tracy Lawrence's Mission Possible, benefiting the homeless. That's December 2nd. Gates open at 5. The Oaks Farm Veterans Parkway, Lafayette, Alabama. Tickets now at 423productions.com. Trust Dixie Overhead Door to restore your garage door with a comprehensive tune-up. For a limited time, it's free for Dixie Cares Plan members and only $49.99 for others. Avoid a real-life nightmare and take care of the most important door in your home. Regular maintenance can reduce noises and potential breakdowns, extend the life of your opener, door, tracks, and springs, and quickly spruce up the space. Especially important if it's turned into your new man cave. My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up. But now, my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment today. Difficult times remind us to take stock of what's most important. And as a farmer's agent, Tim Jones is here for you and your family when those moments arise. He can explain your insurance options so you can select coverage that fits your needs. Because he takes pride in being able to help you protect the things that matter most. Call Tim Jones at 334-826-6888 to learn more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Trucker, Fire Insurance Exchanges, or Affiliate. Products not available in every state. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 24 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason, and let's get to the drive hotline presented by Skybar and Tex is up next. Hey, Tex, happy Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. It was good seeing you last night, Bill, despite Dan snubbing Cindy and I and not coming over and saying hello. D- deepest apologies. Joke, Dan. Bill mentioned, <laughs> I know, Bill Bill mentioned that you were down there, and uh, but, but he, he made it seem like it was going to be fleeting, and I thought maybe I'd already missed my window to, uh, to, yeah. to see it. But happy, th- happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Tex. 
Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Jason. Absolutely. Appreciate Thank you, your, too. Uh, I appreciate your work, brother. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's fun. Good. Well, and it's it's especially with your willingness to spend uh, more time than most on baseball, and I really appreciate that part. Well, well I appreciate so, it. It's it's fun. Looking forward to uh to the to a couple of months away here. Yes, uh, me too. Uh, I'll be. Are you going to Jacksonville? I hadn't decided yet. It kind of depends on how it falls uh, in terms of everything that goes on and and recruiting stuff and all, yeah that's that's know. right around signing day, yeah so I had to, yeah i have to see yeah. have, to, have to figure that out well uh sydney and i will both be there so looking forward to it anyway so just a couple things last night we were listening to the uh show streaming on uh, my apple carplay as we're driving down as you know i'm married to a division one athlete and she heard a discussion about whether or not coaches are trying to replace a specific position. And immediately, because she played for Joe Champion, I played for Coach Nix, we played at a time where they were always trying to replace everybody. Yeah. They always wanted better players than what they had. Well, you know and what? If, program, if any coach doesn't want better players than what he already has, he's going you, backwards. You get what we what Auburn had to work with right now. Right, that's, that's correct. That's what you and get. So, yeah. That being said, is Peyton Thorne possibly going to be replaced? Absolutely. If they find a guy that can come in and play, or they think that fits better, uh, maybe who played under the same kind of offense and is maybe a plug and play, then absolutely. And it's not Peyton's fault. It's that's the way the game works, and you you get schools like Alabama and Georgia right now, that are signing guys that are brought in to replace guys, which creates competition. And the younger guys buy into it, and they'll take 10 or 12 snaps a game when they're freshmen and sophomores because they know they're going to be high profile and people are going to take a shot at them at the next level. Uh, so I think that is the, the type of program that Coach Freeze will start to go after, or is already started going after. You can see what he's trying to recruit. So, uh, and I don't care whether it's in the the transfer portal or not. Uh, that's who they're going to go after. So, uh, that being said, Jason, are you going to do kind of a transfer portal forecast once names start popping in? Yeah. No, we'll we'll probably here in the next uh, week or two we'll start to have an idea of. Some of these guys are going to go in. I do think Dan said something earlier that I think is vitally important after watching it this year. I think at that position especially, you, I, I think you have to have a guy that's in spring practice. I think that guy needs to be in in December. And he's Quarterback. Missed. Oh, yes. absolutely. I think he needs to be in in January. Yeah. We've seen how tough it's been. And Peyton Thorne's a smart guy, a ton of football. But but to have – it's not necessarily about them learning the offense. But it's about everybody working together. It is it, – there is something to be said for taking those snaps and having those reps and doing those things where you're working with that guy every day. And you're missing that spring. It's such a hard thing to get done because in, in August, you're trying to get everybody on the same page and then you start working on game plans. And during the season, you're not going yeah. back and going, hey, let's go over what we went over in August again. It's, it's hard to do those things. And so I think yeah, if you can find those guys and find yeah. them in December – they can get ready to go in January, yes. But, yeah, we'll we'll start to look at it. And 
a lot of it will depend on, from a number standpoint, who do you lose? Who does Auburn lose between now and a bowl game? Because those guys are going to have to make that decision too. Can I can I tack on, uh, not, not to hijack your call, Tex, and I promise I'll let you finish. But no, you're good. On the, on the transfer portal question, uh, the portal is open, Jason, to, to teams and rosters that have had a head coaching change this season. Michigan State. Mississippi State, Texas A and M, Texas A and M, Boise State. Am I am I forgetting anyone at the uh, at the at the F, F, at the bowl subdivision level? I don't know if I am, uh, but those let, I've named enough. Um, have you heard anything about any of those players? Yeah, I mean, you know, Texas A and M had a wide receiver that jumped in. Raymond Cottrell is a guy that Auburn you know looked at last year, the kid that was committed to Florida originally, uh, then committed to Georgia, and then wound up signing with Texas A and M. Did and I say now, Michigan State? Michigan and now State. he's in the yeah, transfer portal. And so this is a guy that, that Auburn has kind of kicked the tires with a little bit, but he hasn't really played. Now, he's really talented. But it would, to me, it would be like Caleb Burton, where you're mm-hmm. going to get a guy that, that you're trying – to me, it doesn't seem like a fit with what you're recruiting out of this freshman group, this high school kid, the wide receiver. It doesn't, to me, I would think you want to go get a proven guy that would be a, a – I keep coming back to bridge the gap, but that's kind of what it is. got to have somebody that can – be ready to play day one. Tex, you got a, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, just uh, I couldn't agree with that statement more, uh, and and I didn't hear the show to begin with. I've got uh, a four year old and a six month old at my house, so I don't hear a lot. <laughs> uh, so that's the reason I got in the car and started driving. Uh, and then I've got a uh, then a four year four a five year old and a two and a half year old that'll be there tomorrow. Uh, so the point being is that I didn't hear that, and what a great point. I think, especially with some of the things that we've heard from Coach Freeze about whether or not receivers are on the same page and the quarterback being on the same page, uh, it's really been interesting because I think the offense is a little bit more uh, – diff- uh, I don't want to say difficult – but it's, it causes more reads from both the wide receivers and the quarterback mm-hmm. than what you would normally uh, Oh, much, much more than what, the, what the guys that were here had to do. It, it is not, yes. It Correct. is not, hey, I'm going to signal this play in from the sidelines. You throw the ball to that guy. That's basically right. what Auburn's passing game was for much of the last – now, last year, the last two years, they started to, to kind of put a few more reads in there, but they didn't ever really throw it. And Gus Malzahn, it was, hey, here's here's what you're going to do. And it, it was all directed from the sidelines. And so um, made a lot of those decisions. But this is much more involved. And the decision-making that's a line of scrimmage from the quarterbacks and wide receivers are what allows this offense to work. Even if you don't have better players, you can succeed. And I talked about it. That's why Saturday is such an important thing. Because you've got to find the best matchup you feel like you've got on the field. And that's where you attack. But those guys have to be on the same page to do that. We'll we'll do some we'll do some serious iron bowl previewing in the in the final segment with Jason. All right, guys. Hey guys, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the time. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families. All right. Same Take to care. you, Tex. Pre- right. Appreciate it, Tex. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Now he's not in the portal yet, but a but a name that everybody has been talking about and, and obviously everybody's watching Evan Stewart from A and M. There's a there's a more there's a more proven guy. It, a guy like that will will demand some serious NIL stuff. Oh, you're not kidding. Because that you're right. That's a guy that's a I game. I mean, he's a guy with 40 catches that's or That's a so guy that's that, a game changer yep. for somebody. And a guy like that, if you if Auburn were to bring a guy like that in to go along with 
this freshman group that potentially you try to add one or two more guys to, then you're talking about a group of guys you, you that automatically makes you group automatically receivers. makes you as talented a wide receiver group as maybe we've ever seen. That is correct. All right, let's get to our final break of hour number one. One more segment with Jason. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. Tracy Lawrence. Saturday, December 2nd. With the Red Clay Strays and Zach Top. Tickets start at $45. Get six and under free. $1 from every ticket sold goes to Tracy Lawrence's Mission Possible, benefiting the homeless. That's December 2nd. Gates open at 5. The Oaks Farm Veterans Parkway, Lafayette, Alabama. Tickets now at 423productions.com. Whether you're a senior golfer or pro athlete, high school football player, or little league superstar, injuries are sometimes just part of the game. When it happens, it's nice to know the Orthopedic Clinic is here to get you back in action. The team of physicians at the Orthopedic Clinic offer the latest in treatment, procedure options, and complete rehabilitation for knees, hips, ankles, spine, and more. Don't let aches and sprains or more serious orthopedic issues keep you on the sideline. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule an appointment today. Big eating in Auburn and Opelika means Big Mike Steakhouse. Famous for high-quality steaks cooked to perfection on an open-fire grill served in a relaxed, rustic atmosphere. It's happy hour at Big Mike's every Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 6 and half-off select appetizers, draft beer, and well drinks. And don't forget, a Big Mike's gift card will always be the perfect gift for Big City Steak in your hometown. It's Big Mike Steakhouse in Auburn at Shigjordan Parkway and Wire Road. Chandler here from University Ace Hardware. I moved to Auburn almost eight years ago, born and raised in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where all my family's still at. I used the excuse of coming to school to move to Auburn and uh, have not left. I started working at Ace Hardware six years ago. I work in the OPE department as the manager. The thing I love most about working for University Ace Hardware is the family environment, uh, making friends with new customers or customers that have been there for a while and then the ability that they give me to help grow the business, which I enjoy a lot. Some of my favorite things to do outside of work, really enjoy going to Auburn football games and tailgating with family and friends. This time of the year, winter, I do hunting. Uh, and then every Wednesday night, we do a bowling league with a couple other guys from work. So that's that's a fun little hobby. We're not any good at it, but we, we, we do it. University Ace Hardware, proud member of the Auburn Opelika community since 2013, next to the movie theater in Auburn. Yellowwood knows that a five-star backyard is the place to make lasting memories. Like roasting marshmallows on a cool fall night. That's it. Turn it nice and slow. Get it toasted all... Oh, no, it's on fire. Oh, you want it on fire. Okay, that's a choice, I guess. Hmm, crunchy. For five-star backyards and the most memorable experiences, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have that yellow tag, you don't want it. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of the Wednesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, 24-7 network here with us uh, for a few more minutes. And, yes, Iron Bowl Saturday, Jason, and part of the huge crowd, uh, Hugh Freeze said a plethora of of recruits coming in. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh... – it's going to be huge. You're right. When you, we've seen it, Georgia, Ole Miss, especially two really big weekend. Hey, last weekend for it to be New Mexico State and for it was was a massive crowd. A lot of really good players in, and and a lot of those same guys will be back again this weekend. And so they'll have, I think, six official visit guys right now is the plan. Most of those guys, I think, all but one are, are guys that have already committed. Right. That they'll just which is be good though. Get those get those guys in because they really do help in recruiting. Absolutely. So you do that, and then you, you kind of see what you can do with with a bunch of unofficial visitors that will be on campus as well. And obviously, you know, kind of all eyes point towards a couple of wide receiver guys in this state. One of them just down the road in Cam Coleman, five-star from Central Phoenix City, uh, was, was on campus last Monday, was on campus Saturday for the game, was on campus again this Monday. So he's been on campus three times in the last 10 days or so, and he'll be back Saturday as well. Um, obviously, with, with Jimbo Fisher getting fired, that that door that Auburn had already opened and was still open the entire time just opens up a little bit more. Um, Hugh Freeze and, and Marcus Davis have done a great job in recruiting him. Um, there's some Auburn connections on that staff at Central Phoenix City, and people immediately jump to Patrick Nix. Roger Hood's on that staff as well. Oh, I didn't He's helping that. coach there, and hey. Andre Andre Wadley is coaching there. Oh, okay. You know, former defensive lineman from so there's a couple of Auburn connections on that Central Phoenix City staff. So. Um, Auburn just offered a, a you know, Tristan Lyles, a, a 2026 10th grade pass rushing kid from Central Phoenix City who was Man, really they, good. They, they just, they, and they, they continue they got some to good have players. such outstanding Dale players. Dale Nupshaw, who's a 25 yeah. wide receiver, had a good game last night. He had Friday a huge night. game last week when Auburn High had to be so concerned he about did. Cam Coleman. He had a really good game. Mal Waldrop, Auburn has offered him as well. So there's what, four or five guys on that team that Auburn's offered and trying to make a push back into Central Phoenix City. And then Ryan Williams, a 25 wide receiver from mm-hmm. Sarah Land, a guy that Still a chance he could reclassify into 2024. We'll know, I would say, probably here in about a month. Which, yeah, the, th- the thing to remember there is is he would not be a December signing. Correct, correct. If he were to reclassify, he would then take his official visits in January, mm-hmm. sign in February, and then would, would be like a normal summer enrollee somewhere in, after He's, school's he out. He won't be a normal not, summer he's not, <laughs> he, he is not a normal summer enrollee <laughs> in terms of athleticism right. or talent, that's for sure, but his timeline would be. And so those are two guys that everybody points to. But, I mean, you look, and there'll be a bunch of players on campus, uh, a bunch of big-time recruits. You get a guys that have committed. They are working with guys who haven't committed. Um, that's kind of been the key all the way through, obviously, Walker White will be back here for his first Iron Bowl here. He was in Tuscaloosa last year as an Alabama recruit. Now he'll be here for his first Iron Bowl in Auburn to watch the game on Friday night. So it should be it should be a great group. It's going to be, I mean, it's, it's going to be a handful to keep up with everybody with as many players as are here. It will be. Uh, it'll be a challenge. Yeah, this one where you just try to, to, to get an eyeball on as many guys as you can get, figure out who's here, and, and try to talk to as many of them as you can uh, before they're done. Th- thoughts on the actual game and uh, and and what you know what what Auburn needs to uh, uh, to to break in their direction if if they're going to pull off the upset. Yeah, I mean it's it's so simple in terms of the the obvious. The obvious is if you're Auburn that you got to be able to run the football. 
and avoid third and long situations. That was the, that was a key last week. Six of the seven drives Auburn faced against New Mexico State had a third and ten or longer. They averaged nine point seven yeah. yards on third down. To you're the, you're not going to be successful with that. Can't do it. The other side of it is you can't give up five point eight yards of carry to New Mexico State, no. much less Alabama, if you hope to win this game. Uh, you you've got to keep uh, somehow contain. Jalen Milrow. That, so that's part of that running game where you look at it and you go. He is a huge part of that running game. If he throws game. the ball for 350 yards Saturday, then you tip your cap and say, job well done. But you can't have them – you can't let he Alabama – He can't run for 150. No, Alabama can't have no. 200 yards rushing as a team. If you do that, then you're in trouble. So that's where it starts for me. But I, I think for Auburn, there's a couple things. you got to be able to, to make some explosive plays in the passing game. Um, and they've been able to do that – it's been the intermediate, the, the 10, 12-yard mm-hmm. chain-moving plays that they haven't been able to make as much. But you got to be able to make some explosive plays down the field, which is not easy because Alabama, obviously, you look outside and, and Kool-Aid McKinstry and, and Terry on Arnold are really good corners. they got those pass rushers. That's why it's important for Auburn to be able to stay out of third longs. If you're sitting back there and it's third and 12 all day, then you might as well pack it up. It's going to be a, a long, long day. So that's the key for me. And then – you know, that defensively, can can that defensive line be closer to the defensive line you saw against Arkansas than the one we saw last week? Well, they I mean, gotta make some plays. my question is, do you um, – I mean, Ron Roberts says no <laughs> – I mean, he's going to dial up some – he's going to dial up some things. Um, but, I mean, can you count on – I think you're going to have to count on – your corners being able to cover. That's it. You can't. You can't have too many people dropping back and letting them try to run. No. Yeah. I think you got. I. You know, to me, almost. Almost in this one, you have to do some. Some. Some different looks back there, where your corners might be playing man, but your safeties have to have an eye on the backfield. Mm-hmm. So you might be playing a little bit more zone in the middle of the field, doing some of those things, trying to trying to mix it up because if you're playing a lot of man and you turn and run. And you're blitzing. Yeah, the next thing you know is he's running right there with you. It's 60 yards down the field. And so, yeah, I think, you know, honestly, it might be worth a couple of spies in this one, play man and say, hey, if if they make some of those plays, more power to them. Because, I mean, they don't have – they have – now, there's no question. They have excellent talent across the team, but they don't have those NFL receivers, a core of NFL receivers – They've got some really good young guys. They do, but it's not – yeah, right now, this is not the group that that you've seen – no, not last year, but the years oh, before. Oh man, when they had they had four NFL yeah, guys. Yeah, this is not that group, and you've got to make those guys beat you. So you're right. I, for me, it's it's Alabama's running game. Can you force them into some of those situations where then you can bring pressure uh-huh. and still have maybe and, a chance and, to stop? And, and Auburn's running game. Auburn's got to be able to run the ball some. They yeah. cannot be in second yeah. and long, third that's and it. long. That's it. So that that's the game. Obviously, you know, your turnovers, all that stuff. But to me, those are the things you look at and you go. Which team can control the football? That was a key for Auburn against Georgia. They were able to run it. They, they limited Georgia some, kept them in the game. Look up Saturday. That's going to be the, the difference for me. Great stuff as always. Jason, let everybody know how they can keep up with everything we've been talking yep, about here. Absolutely. You can check us out at AuburnUndercover.com. If you haven't ever subscribed before, it's Black Friday early, 75% off, which Ooh. is, I mean, like pennies. You can get you can get subscribe now. You get Paramount Plus as well. So yep, absolutely. Um, so you can get that all there as well. And can also follow me on Twitter at itatjs. Jason, happy Thanksgiving to you yep. and you and the family. Enjoy it. We'll see y'all Saturday. All right, we're back with hour number two. David Pascal joins us early. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive.
It's easier to handle life's twists and turns with the help of someone who knows a thing or two. Tim Jones has been serving the community as a farmer's agent for over 30 years. As you prepare for whatever's down the road, he's here to help by providing you with a range of insurance options and personalized attention. Call Tim Jones, 334-826-6888 to learn more. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck, or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Products not available in every state. our members our members love us oh yes ever since i got off active duty they have helped me i would recommend to anyone if you really want to get your finances in order come and see for yourself i promise you they will help you get on the path to financial freedom four seasons federal credit union with two local branches membership eligibility required accounts federally insured by the national credit union administration it's time to stop dealing with unreliable network copiers, printers, and scanners and waiting for days for service. ABS of Auburn is your locally owned and operated solution. A full-line Canon, Lexmark, Toshiba, and Ricoh dealer, ABS of Auburn specializes in smooth, efficient office operations. Get the systems, tools, and expertise you need for streamlined productivity, plus reliable support that's always on call. ABS of Auburn, how may we help you? Call 334-329-7000 to schedule a free on-site consultation today. Hey guys, this is Tyler Reynolds with Reynolds Outdoors in Opelika. Fall is right around the corner, which means two things. Football season and hunting season will be on us before you know it. When you're not cheering on the Tigers this fall, take advantage of getting outside with your friends and family to enjoy our great outdoors. We have everything you need from firearms, archery, apparel, fishing, and more to make your next outing successful. Come see us today to meet all of your fall hunting needs. And come visit us on your next visit to the Plains. War Eagle. Inspired by the bold bison, Southern Union students blaze new trails every single day. They press forward knowing their SU education will lead them to success. Affordable, accessible, and locally unparalleled. Whether you're transitioning to a university or launching straight into a lucrative career, a degree from SUSEC can help you blaze your path. Three locations, dedicated faculty and staff, endless possibilities. It's all waiting for you at Southern Union. It's time to venture forward. Register today. It's the trendy, fashionable boutique that's easy on the pocketbook. Discover Elizabeth Boutique, the cute contemporary clothing and more store in downtown Auburn. Elizabeth Boutique has all the in-demand tops, skirts, pants, shoes, and accessories for all ages, plus a great gift selection. And you'll be pleasantly surprised by the affordable prices. It's the unique boutique for all occasions. Elizabeth Boutique on North College, downtown Auburn, and on Facebook. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika.
The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in the... Wednesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. I didn't know what Jason was talking about. Now I understand. But the... Uh, you know, the light needs I, to be on yeah. out there for the sensor to work. You gotta wave, We've gotta, you gotta wave your arm in just the Jason right was spot locked in the, in the lo- Jason was locked in the building. We got There's a sensor there, but the sensor didn't want to work in the dark because it wouldn't, it wouldn't notice It wouldn't that, sense? No. It, was, it, stopped, it yeah. stopped making sense. All right, so, yeah, thanks to Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover being with us for hour number one here on this Thanksgiving Iron Bowl week. Of course, tomorrow, Thanksgiving. So we're moving some things around here on uh, this week. Since we will not be on the air tomorrow, uh, we will have Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer going to join us on Friday and right now, we are in the process of getting in touch with David Paschal, who is usually with us in the uh, 5 o'clock hour on Thursday. He will join us here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on the uh, rivalry week, including Auburn, Alabama. Get his thoughts on, you know, what did he think of what happened last week uh, to Auburn. So, so we're, getting, uh, we're getting him here momentarily. We will have him on. We will also uh, have our regular Tiger Takes interview with Eugene Asante coming up at the bottom of the hour. Jacob Goins of On the Line sat down with um, with Eugene a little earlier today, and we'll get his thoughts as the Tigers prepare for Alabama on Saturday. Again, hope everybody you know hope everybody has uh, if you're not already where you're going to be for Thanksgiving. Uh, have safe travels. Doesn't look like there's going to be any bad weather affecting anyone uh, traveling along. So it looks like pretty good weather across the southeast. So, uh, again, safe travels to everyone and hope everyone has a, uh, has a happy Thanksgiving. Again, uh, hour number two of The Drive. And as usual, the second hour of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And let's get to the uh, drive hotline. Normally with us on Thursdays, but tomorrow being Thanksgiving, uh, David Paschal of the Chattanooga Times Free Press and ESPN Chattanooga, uh, gracious enough to, to join us on the Wednesday edition. David, happy Thanksgiving. How are you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too. I'm going to catch y'all off guard tonight. We have a, a midweek trivia that we do on our show, and we did it tonight, and it was who was the last uh, starting quarterback to win three Iron Bowls? Um, uh, Brandon Cox. Very good. I knew y'all would yeah. nail it. Thank I you. I knew y'all would nail it. <laughs> I, was just, I was pretty sure of that when I was just trying to think, has anybody else done that since? No. No, so, yeah, well, good. What do I win? 
You would well, you would win Papa John's pizza if you lived in oh. Chattanooga, but you don't live in Chattanooga. Well, hey, we got but one down. We got one down here. Auburn, no, that, that's cool. Auburn, yeah. Yeah. Auburn won six in a row. The first three were Jason Campbell. The last three were Brandon Cox. People don't really talk about the old Brandon Cox pre-J Rodriguez days, but I remember that one. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. We we were talking a little bit about those times earlier today, though. We had a caller that was wondering. Did Nick Saban really have more talent on his first Alabama team than Hugh Freeze does on this Auburn team? And my answer was absolutely yes, he did. You know, mentioning Brandon Cox, David, I I mean, I I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, I don't think an Auburn quarterback has started three Iron Bowls since then because Bo got hurt before the 21 Iron Bowl. I I would think Brandon Cox is most likely. No, I'm I'm sure of it now. Yeah, I think you're right. He's he's the last last Auburn quarterback to to even start. start. So that's the key. You got to have him start three. Yeah. (laughs) Got to start before you can win. Yeah, get get in there, Holden. All right, it's 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 your your t- your time to shine. Hey, after la- after last Saturday, who knows? I mean, David, that was that was the most unexpected thing that I've seen this year from Auburn. Uh, just uh, the not it's it's not unheard of for a Group of Five team to upset a Power Five or an SEC school. We've seen that, but the manner in which they did it, they they dominated. They were the better team. They won in all facets of the game. I mean, to never get into the red zone, to get out gained by 200 yards. I mean, yeah, I mean, I went to Auburn. I followed Auburn for four decades. I mean, it is the – it has to be the worst loss because, I mean, Auburn historically has done a great job of avoiding those kind of things. You think about Tennessee Open with that loss to Georgia State a few years ago. You know, Bama's had some embarrassing losses under DuBose. And, you know, you think about Saban and Louisiana Monroe. Uh, but Auburn had done a really good job yep. with those because even, as y'all know, South Florida got to number two in the country mm-hmm. in 2007. And then you've got to go back to those Memphis games in the 70s. And you know, that team in 76, you know, Memphis went 7-4 and four and beat Bobby Bowden's first team and beat an Ole Miss team that upset both Alabama and Georgia that year. So, and I know, I know New Mexico State is 9-3, and three, but, I, I mean, I just think it is – uh, it has to be the most head-scratching, stunning defeat that that since I've been alive that I can remember. Well, yeah, here's one for you, and you're, you're the guy that's usually pulling out stats. I went and looked back uh, as the ball game was winding down before we headed down to the uh, post-game press conference to find a loss by a larger number to a non-major conference team, and the only one, the only one I could find in Auburn history – was in 1942 when Auburn lost to the uh, to the Georgia pre-flight, the Georgia Navy pre-flight in 1942 in Columbus, and they lost that one by 27. So yes, it's it is the worst loss to a Group of Five or a non-major conference team in Auburn history. Yeah, we just didn't have the depth that pre-flight did that <laughs> yeah. year. I remember that depth. Hey, well, Dan actually looked it up. They had some pros on that team. Yeah, a lot, a lot, I guess that that was one of the really good uh, pre-flight programs. There was another one in in <laughs> Iowa. I'm, I'm not I'm not super well versed on pre-flight football, but the uh, and, and other other Auburn coaches had lost games where Auburn was a big favorite. Right, but they the, were to like to either SEC or Power 5 schools. Earlier in the season, we've talked about the loss to Tennessee in 2018, you know, when when Tennessee was riding a long losing streak in conference, but they're still the Tennessee Volunteers. If you remember, Tuberville's last season, 
there was the loss to Bobby Petrino's Arkansas team where they, I mean, Arkansas had been getting destroyed in conference play uh, by other SEC teams, and they came to Auburn as a multiple touchdown underdog and won the game outright. But but no, it's tough to find one against. I mean, there there had been near misses. Uh, oh, there been oh, yeah. tons of There's those. A lot of those. Jacksonville but, State. Jacksonville State comes to the right at the top, and then you think about how disastrous it would have been in Tuberville's first game had they lost to Appalachian State yep. because that was the replacement game because it was supposed to be the Bowden Bowl. Harson had to beat Georgia State at the buzzer in year one, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that, that game two years ago was, was nearly a... Hey, uh, close, close, you know, it ain't horseshoes, so it doesn't, it, you know, <laughs> it, it do, that doesn't really matter. But here's here's the thing, David. I, a couple of people said, uh, and, and, and I, I, I have a tough time agreeing with this, well, Auburn's got Alabama right where they want them right now. I, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't either. And, and, in fact, it is kind of – they're still – I mean, you just go back to – and I know it's a weird week with Thanksgiving week and you don't have quite the media opportunities that you still have. But even even Hugh on Monday, you know, just re- watching that and going over that transcript, I mean, he was still just kind of in that mode of I'm still so – disappointed and embarrassed and upset with the way we played. I mean, he he on Monday still seemed like he was stuck on Saturday mm-hmm. with some of those comments. Well, they hadn't met. The team really hadn't met since the game ended. But, you know, when when uh, when he was meeting with the media there on Monday. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was still working out exactly what he was going to say to them. Um, obviously, it's not going to sound anything like what last week did because, boy, the the – the feelings that the Auburn fan base have about this game coming up Saturday are 180 degrees from where they were a week ago. Yeah, and it's funny because I covered a real similar game this past weekend. Even though, just like in Jordan-Hare this week, every ticket has been accounted for for months, uh, that Tennessee-Georgia game had been sold out for months. And Mm -hmm. if, if you go back to the summer, you know, a lot of people, a lot of national writers were saying, the game of the SEC, you know, in the SEC this year, regular season game could be November 18th, Georgia at Tennessee. And when Tennessee went up to Missouri and lost 36 to seven and gave up the final 33 points, I mean, I pulled in last week and everything about it, the vol walk, every single thing, you were just kind of like, yeah, these, these people feel like they're walking into a, a funeral. And then, of course, they score on the first play of the game, and then it is, it's, it's all dogs. Yeah, and it's it's it is one of the most head scratching stats out there. Georgia has won its last five games by an average of twenty four point four points. They're obviously playing incredibly well. Uh, these are all league games. In each of those five games, they've fallen behind by a combined thirty five to three. They have given up touchdowns on their opening possession in five consecutive games. Wow! And uh, I mean. It's just a stunning – if you add up their opening possessions on defense, they've given up like 32 plays for 366 yards. It's like they give up 11.4 <laughs> yards a snap on their opening possession. And, and and Kirby addressed it after the game. He's like, our guys aren't worried about it. We, we fix it. What you know? I wish this wasn't the case, but our guys are calm. They jog off the field. They take a deep breath, and, and we've been able to fix it. But he's like – he even joked about it. He's like, yeah, I told Glenn Schumann, just let him score on the first play because that's exactly what happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and credit Georgia because after that, you're right, you're talking about a 38-3 to beatdown in some of the 
someone else's. And now Kirby is four and zero in Neyland by the average score of forty one to ten. How impressive wow. is that? No, and, Very. And, that, and that's and that's a Georgia team too. When you when you look at it, like maybe against an SEC championship game level opponent or in the college football playoff, the slow start could really hurt them. But the way they've been able to overcome, I mean, I, I just I can't imagine picking against them right now. Although that that SEC championship game, we'll see what happens in the Iron Bowl. That SEC championship game a week from now does loom as a a huge showdown between two teams uh, that uh, that that both, if they get into the playoff, uh, could could very well win the whole thing. And two teams that looked like uh, in November, nothing looked like in September. No, I mean you know you had Georgia getting behind South Carolina fourteen to three and. Fast forward, and South Carolina was two and six. Now they're climbing to five and six. So you know it's not like you were losing to a special team there. Uh, you know, Bama especially with uh, not and not just the Texas game, just the abomination that was South Florida. I mean, I know that was the one game Milro didn't play, but uh, you just fast forward. You look at that offense against South Florida, and then look at it against Kentucky. Um, you know, and and just the way they've done down the stretch is impressive. But yeah, I, I do think that Georgia's. Early starts, you don't want that to happen uh, against some of these teams you could face in the playoff. No, but you're, you're right, though. They, they have played so well. Both, both Georgia and Alabama, especially lately, it seems like um, may, may have semi or slow starts, but they have just been dominant in the second half. And I think it sets up for a lot of fun. I mean, it's kind of a weird deal. You think about – I've always said one of the shortest shelf lives in sports is the ACC, SEC basketball tournament championships. Because, you you know, in the SEC, you celebrate it for like an hour or two, and then the brackets come out. Right. And, and you think about these games like the Iron Bowl and Georgia-Georgia Tech. I mean, these are all fun rivalries, but as soon as it's over, that, that calendar just flips to the, the title game when you have a year like this year where Georgia and Alabama – again, have kind of separated themselves from everybody. I, I tell you, we live in a weird time when you think about it. If this was next year, uh, we'd be looking at Ohio, Mich- Ohio State, Michigan this week and next week. Yep. I mean, I, th- I think that's just going to be gross. And then I read today, I don't know if you've seen this, but there are 128 different combinations that could happen in the Big 12 involving seven seven teams. There are still seven teams that have a shot to play in that title game. And, and of course, they've already scrapped the divisions. And I think that's where this could be real uh, unfortunate when you have like a weird tiebreaker to determine who's going to play in a championship game between two teams that didn't meet in the regular season. I just think that's going to be awful. I've really liked the divisions and having a simplistic way to determine, and I know there are years where, like in the ACC especially, there have been a bunch of years where Clemson and FSU have been your two best teams on the same side, and I get that. There's a there's a frustrating element to that, but at least they already play, and, and, and you've kind of determined which one's better. I just don't like the idea that these tiebreakers are going to – I mean, you, you can ask just weird deals, and, uh, you know, which team do you pick to play in a championship game between two teams that never even play? And, and these games could be really significant in deciding who gets into a 12-team playoff as well. I don't mean to nauseate you even further, David, but think about <laughs> I I mean, know. Imagine it, an 11-0 Michigan versus 11-0 Ohio State team. Suppose Michigan beats them and then beats them again. Is Ohio State still getting into a 12-team playoff? Probably. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, does absolutely, that, they are, yeah. and they could play a third time. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm so old school. I still go back to 2011. I'm like, you know, LSU and any other year before that would never have to worry about playing Alabama again. But because of the way that was set up, you know, Alabama went to, I mean, excuse me, LSU went to Alabama and won. And they had to play him again. And, and granted, Alabama was the more complete team and waxed him in that rematch. But, you know, that was a weird feeling that LSU had to do that again. And, and so we could be looking at, at exactly what you're talking about, Dan. You could be looking at a situation where Michigan beats Ohio State twice in back-to-back weekends and then has to beat them a third time. I mean, that's where it really gets nauseating to where college football is becoming so much like the NFL because I've just loved the fact that they've each had their separate charms to them. Yeah, well, we'll wait a little while at least for that. That's that's next year. Before we get to that rivalry week, and there's some really important games. You've got you've got a few SEC teams trying to get bowl eligible. Florida hosting Florida State, trying to get eligible. Kentucky at Louisville, trying to get bowl eligible. South Carolina hosting Clemson. No, no, with, well, Kentucky's bowl eligible. With Florida. Kentucky's South, eligible, yeah. yeah. South Carolina is trying to get bowl eligible, hosting Clemson. And then, then the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State's trying to get bowl eligible. With Florida, Florida State, the bowl eligibility would be nice. But I think Florida looks at it as a chance to take Florida State's national championship hopes away. Because sure they do. Because if Florida wins that game... I think the committee will use that and the Jordan Travis oh, injury. Oh, ab- absolutely! As, but as a reason, if Florida to take- loses that game, Billy Napier's eleven and fourteen in his first two years. Yeah, and then they'd be—they'd uh, also be. I read where they would be ten and twenty-three in their last thirty-three games against Power Five teams. I mean, mm. we're talking about Florida mm. here when you throw out a mm. number like that. I just—you know—I just wonder. You know how it gets. I mean, Auburn's been through it. A lot of schools go through it. Tennessee's been through it. When you have down years and you, you have a game like this, they, they certainly have a chance. But if they get down, I mean, do they kind of pack it in? I, you know, I don't know. I, they just – they find more ways. If you go back to Florida, this has to – Florida has to have the most frustrated fan base in the league right now, given what could have been. We, we've talked about it before. If you looked at Grand Mertz's numbers before the – you know, if you had told me they were what they are now before the season, I'd be like, Florida's 9-2 and two right now. Yeah, I agree. They're 5-6. and six. They're 5-6 they're and six because they had two number threes – in the game on a punt return team in Utah at the beginning of the year, uh, they're five. You know, they're five and six. I should say they're five and six because uh, they had to delay a game penalty or whatever they had against Arkansas and wound up missing a field goal late in regulation. The other day they got Travis Etienne. Instead of staying in bounds, he runs out of bounds to save a timeout for Missouri. Still should have won. Them win. I mean, still should have stopped him. Still should have stopped him on that fourth. Fourth and seventeen or eighteen, eighteen. I guess it yeah. was. I mean, it is it is wild to see a Florida defense this bad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I like FSU in that game. I mean, I know it's the battle of the backup quarterbacks, yep. but I just I think I think the I mean, credit Norvell and credit FSU. That was a devastating blow. And I know it's only North Alabama, but they sure rallied and and put that team away that they you know were kind of messing around with early. But um, you know, Kentucky, Louisville, I think same type thing. I mean, Kentucky's just got issues. Leary's been a disappointment. Uh, You know, Kentucky has had their number in recent years, but I just think Louisville's the better team and wins that game. And I I really don't – and as much as I love for it to be a good game and a compelling game, I just – you know, winning the the Egg Bowl home field has not been that big. I think the last couple of years the road team has won. I just think Ole Miss has the potential tomorrow night 
to go in there and win by three touchdowns. Yeah, I, agree. I just I just don't know if that game's any good whatsoever. South Carolina got a shot against Clemson. That one I forgot about. Yeah, you mentioned that, and that one I forget. I think that one is the most intriguing just because of how last year's game went. Um, I could see that one being tight. I just that's a hard team to bet against with Clemson after losing last year's game, and that's obviously that's a, that's a rivalry where the last couple of years the road team has won. So, of all the games you've mentioned, that to me would be the m- most compelling to watch. Uh, just because Beamer's such a jolt cola guy in his news conferences, how would he how would he handle a win and how would he handle a loss? Uh, and that would be a bad deal for them to wind up five and seven, given that they you know had the year they had a year ago. And then obviously uh, the, the the game here Saturday. I mean, like I said, the Auburn fan base a week ago was thinking, hey, this this could really be uh, uh, an interesting ball game. Things are trending up. Doesn't feel that way now, and, I mean, Alabama's playing for an awful lot. They are, and it's it's one of those that I guess just uh, – I, I tend to take Auburn in the points when they're at home in this game. I remember last year or two years ago – Oh, yeah. I mean, what's the number – the number now is around 15. I want to say two years ago it may have been around 17 and a half. Yeah, it was, close, it was closer to 20. You're right. You're right. Okay. And so, I mean, I liked, I liked uh, Auburn that year as well. You know, sometimes they just – things don't make sense. But I, I think Auburn, you know, they'll have to have some help. And, of course, Alabama historically has really helped Auburn out in Jordan-Hare. Uh, and that's going to happen, too. I, I picked it like 27-17 Bama. Uh, I, I don't think it's a one-possession game either. Maybe it is for most of it, and Bama scores a touchdown late to put them away and make it a two-possession game. But uh, I just think Bama's playing too well and too strong and – and who knows how Auburn responds if it, if it gets hit in the jaw first. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. I think if Auburn, if Auburn holds Alabama to a, to a 27 or so, then, then it's going to be a, a competitive ball game. Well, there's still the matter of moving the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying Auburn can score 27. I mean, if Auburn – but, I mean, that would mean it's – that you know, they, they haven't been run out of the stadium, so right. – uh, and, I mean, and, and credit to Auburn because that—that that, I mean, that historically, you know, you had you've had Alabama run Auburn out of Bryant Denny a bunch, yep. but there's never really been just a humiliating Iron Bowl for Auburn in Jordan Hare. I mean, uh, thirty-one-seven with, uh, yeah, uh, but even that was a that was I mean, there was a cause there. I guess Cadillac just played a handful of plays right. when he went down and. And so that one kind of turned on a dime. You're right. That was the worst one. But even that had a legitimate kind of a, a, a I don't want to say excuse, but there was certainly a reason for it. But um, it is it is it is near and dear. I absolutely love that rivalry. I'll never forget riding around Auburn in 1989 when they played for the first time and, and getting to be a part of that and writing the, the game story in the Auburn program that day. I still hold that near and dear. So. It's a great rivalry. I sure hope it's competitive because it needs to be. It's just gotten to the point where the games are only good in Jordan-Hare, and it'd be neat if Auburn could do something about that and make them, make them compelling everywhere. Oh, absolutely. David, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you again next week as we look toward conference championships. That sounds great. You guys have a great Thanksgiving as well. Always enjoy being on with y'all. All right, David Pascal again. You can check him out timesfreepress.com, uh, and, and then ESPN Chattanooga. He does the show Press Row every day. So uh, we, we appreciate him joining us. We need to get to our first break. Uh, stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. 
Big eating in Auburn and Opelika means Big Mike Steakhouse. Famous for high-quality steaks cooked to perfection on an open fire grill served in a relaxed, rustic atmosphere. It's happy hour at Big Mike's every Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 6 and half off select appetizers, draft beer, and well drinks. And don't forget, a Big Mike's gift card will always be the perfect gift for Big City Steak in your hometown. It's Big Mike Steakhouse in Auburn at Shigjord Parkway and Wire Road. Attention large property owners and adventure seekers. If you're looking for a reliable and powerful off-road vehicle, check out the full lineup of Landmaster UTVs at University Ace Hardware. With a tough steel frame, four-wheel drive, and strong suspension, Landmaster UTVs can handle anything from hauling gear for a hunting trip, tackling chores around your property, or exploring new trails. Landmaster has a UTV for you. Visit University Ace Hardware today and experience the ultimate UTV in off-road performance. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Hi, this is Jessica Venturi, Lee County District Attorney. Hundreds of car break-ins were reported across Lee County last year. Car break-ins happen anytime, anywhere. Your driveway, parking lots, and businesses. Unlocked cars are easy targets, and anything left in your vehicle is fair game. Thieves especially love to steal firearms, medications, and electronics. Don't make it easy for them. Lock your doors, don't leave windows cracked, park in well-lit areas, and take your property with you or secure your valuables out of sight. Lock it or lose it, Lee County. The Edward Via College of Osteopathic Medicine in Auburn is dedicated to its mission of transforming medical students into caring, compassionate physicians. VCOM partners with Auburn University for student activities, shared learning experiences, and research opportunities. Students are instructed in a hands-on learning environment by outstanding faculty members that are dedicated to student success. VCOM is working to improve the health of Alabama's citizens by increasing the number of primary care physicians throughout the state, especially in rural and underserved areas. Find out more at vcom.edu. Hey guys, this is Tyler Reynolds with Reynolds Outdoors in Opelika. Fall is right around the corner, which means two things. Football season and hunting season will be on us before you know it. When you're not cheering on the Tigers this fall, take advantage of getting outside with your friends and family to enjoy our great outdoors. We have everything you need from firearms, archery, apparel, fishing, and more to make your next outing successful. Come see us today to meet all of your fall hunting needs. And come visit us on your next visit to the Plains. War Eagle. The Drive, The Drive, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday evening. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Let's get to the Drive hotline. And John. Hey, John. Thanksgiving. John, there? Yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, appreciate y'all keeping us entertained and informed through the year. And uh, hope y'all enjoy your off day tomorrow. Uh, I was going to ask, I just was looking up the schedule for next year, and it shows uh, New Mexico State as a opponent in on September the 16th. Now, now hold on, hold, hold on. It shows New Mexico as an opponent next year. I, I, I believe that that is a, an important distinction, the Lobos versus the, uh, versus the Aggies. Okay, so I may have mislooked at it. Yeah, so we can only get revenge on the state, and, and not I, on the team. And we were talking about this with, uh, with Brian yesterday or with uh, Monday. I, I believe so, so Auburn has three opponents announced of the four out of conference. I think they may have deliberately kept a spot open 
in case the in SEC case in case the SEC added a conference game. But they're not for next year. They're not. So Auburn will still need between now and the schedule becoming official, Auburn will need to announce an out-of-conference opponent. Maybe Auburn is playing. Or Auburn just plays 11 games or next Auburn's year where everybody else plays 12. Eh, seems don't un- think this seems unlikely. Case. So Auburn, I would expect, and I don't know if Auburn has a, does Auburn already have a non-Division One opponent on next year's schedule? Because I think it's three. No, no, it's Cal, New Mexico, and uh, ULM. So I would not be surprised at all if Auburn added a an FCS team to the schedule as a 12th opponent uh, on top of the, the three teams Bill just listed. So, uh, other question: Are they going to, uh, since they've redone the schedule, are they going to keep the rivalries the last uh, weekend of the uh, college football season? Alabama and Auburn finishing the year, and uh, we're just I mean? we're are just gonna... guessing. There has really been there's been no indication. I would think that they would, but again, that's just that's just an assumption on is, my part. Isn't there a isn't there a TV like is the SEC network doing something where the schedule is unveiled for next yeah, year? Yeah, it is. Where the conference games, the dates are so so. We think the Iron Bowl will remain untouched and and keep, stay as it's, as its place as the final conference game for both. Teams. Well, remember what what the commissioner said was it should be unveiled before December, and hey, that's that's next week. So we probably, during the week leading up to the SEC title, the SEC championship game, there will be an announcement as to the dates for those SEC games. Yeah, I think uh, moving away from divisions will help Auburn long-term. I agree. With their uh, success. And uh, also, I was going to say, I didn't feel, even before last week's debacle, I didn't feel like Auburn had the team to to beat Alabama this year. Uh, If Auburn plays like they did last week, uh, it'll be like 48 to 9. Oh, it'll be awful. It will be the worst know. loss Auburn's ever suffered to Alabama at home by, by you know, by, yeah. by a wide. And my aggregate, aggregate score in my mind says uh, 30, 34-17 is more likely. But uh, you never know. Maybe we'll, Alabama will help us with a few turnovers. Yeah, they've, they've had the propensity of doing that here. Yes, sir. I've got one more question for Dan, and I'll uh, leave you all alone. Oh, yeah. uh, What's up? How did uh, how did Alabama A and M manage to uh, win the second half of the uh, the game last night? Did Auburn just slow it down, or no, no, I, it, it well, really. Bill, Bill was in the house too. Yeah, we but... were we were both there. Uh, in the first half, Auburn really uh, distributed the ball. They really shared the ball. Second half, when Auburn's up forty nine fourteen at the half, you know they're up thirty five at the half. In the second half. It really appeared everybody just wanted to get some numbers. Everybody, the ball did not get past that much. A lot of times after the ball crossed midcourt, whoever had the ball was going to shoot it. We were joking a little bit about the referees really letting some fouls go in the second half as well as though they wanted to catch the uh, – although there were other times. Uh, there were times when, like, come on, let this game get over yeah, with. Other, and, then, and then, yeah, I mean, they'd, they'd let a guy get hit with a chair on one side of the floor, and then they'd, you know, blow the whistle for, a, you know, an attempted not- charge or something. But – but no, I, I thought that the as easy as it is to focus on the way Alabama A&M cut into Auburn's lead in the second half, I thought the way Auburn built that lead in the first half and some of the some of the play you saw, I, I like a Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway backcourt. Like uh, Chaney Johnson had an outstanding game when last he, night. When he gets going to the basket, yeah. right? I mean, they can get um, him the ball and he can make some. But money. but that's but I th- but you know it's great for Bruce. Bruce has a great teaching point now. It's like you can't 
you can't go out there and slop around like this. It's going to cost you down the road when you don't have a 35-point lead at the half. So yeah. it was it was just a, a young, talented team, um, you know, knowing that they had the game won and just, I think, uh, playing for some numbers. How was the attendance? Uh, it was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good crowd. Um, I, I didn't see the actual numbers, it, but I didn't see any huge gaps in the uh, in the, in the stands. Started to really thin out after halftime. Oh, yeah. I think between between the uh, uh, the time of the game, the fact that it was a weeknight, and the fact that Auburn was up thirty five, like those those factors, you know. Tell you one, I'll tell you one stat we did here, John. We heard that it was the the most brisk beer sales that they've ever had at Auburn Arena. <laughs> Uh, next week we got Virginia Tech on Wednesday, I That's believe. Right. So uh, maybe we can uh, pull off another one. But uh, I appreciate y'all's time again. Uh, like I said, y'all have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Same to you, John, and and, and, and to you, John. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, and appreciate uh, appreciate the uh, the call. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break. We've got Tiger takes with Eugene Asante on the other side here on the Wednesday Drive. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Russell Building Supply is your hometown home improvement store. You'll find what you need when you need it. And as a Russell Rewards member, you'll be in the know about monthly specials and exclusive offers. Russell Building Supply, East University in Auburn, across from Cary Creek Publix. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Saturday, what began at Birmingham's Lakewood Park in 1893 continues at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn going after it. Here's a good snap. It is gone. Nobody split. Give the ball. Up and over. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Central on your home for the Iron Bowl. Auburn Opelika's flagship station, Classic Hits, Wings 94.3. Auburn University Football on Wings is presented by the Orthopedic Clinic, Max Credit Union, Vintage 2298, Southeastern Industrial Contractors, Four Seasons Federal Credit Union, Jewelry by Design, and Auburn Bank. Auburn Football on Wings 94.3. Now that's classic. Catch Auburn football all season long on Auburn Opelika's flagship station, Wings 94.3. Trust Dixie Overhead Door to restore your garage door with a comprehensive tune-up. For a limited time, it's free for Dixie Cares Plan members and only $49.99 for others. Avoid a real-life nightmare and take care of the most important door in your home. Regular maintenance can reduce noises and potential breakdowns, extend the life of your opener, door, tracks, and springs, and quickly spruce up the space. Especially important if it's turned into your new man cave. Bending, stretching, walking. The simple moves in life are a real challenge with joint pain. When that happens, the Orthopedic Clinic is here to help. The Orthopedic Clinic offers a comprehensive range of restoring services, from total and partial joint replacement to bone health programs, physical therapy, and sports medicine. With offices conveniently located in Auburn and Opelika, the Orthopedic Clinic is close to home and here to help you stay in motion. Visit theorthoclinic.com to schedule your appointment today. 
Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Earlier today, Jacob Goins on the line. Spent some time with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 for our weekly Tiger Take segment. And it is Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joining me for Iron Bowl week, previewing the Auburn and Alabama game. Eugene, I appreciate you joining me here today, and uh, we're looking forward to another good week. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. Well, um, before we before we talk about the Iron Bowl, we before we talk about what this game uh, represents, I uh, got to go back and – and, and talk about the the previous game there in Jordan-Hare where New Mexico State came in and um, and came in and, and, and pulled the upset, right, and, and beat beat you guys in, in a game where uh, they were underdogs and it was a, a tough game for, for the team. And so in the best way possible, Eugene, kind of walk us through uh, what Saturday was like. Yeah, I think uh, Saturday was just a tough experience for everybody, uh, understanding that um, – you know, we're going up against a talented new New Mexico State team um, with a great quarterback and uh, great coaches over there at New Mexico State. Um, so uh, we just wanted to put our best foot forward and, uh, you know, just kind of a bizarre outing. Um, I think the guy just couldn't – the guys couldn't get their feet wet. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, just didn't go our way in terms of, uh, you know, uh, all I can speak about is really defensively, um, you know, just uh, – ball like balls in the caught in the end zone um just we're in position to make a play we're just not there to making the play and um you know in terms of the run they just had they did a really good like had a really good scheme they knew exactly what they were doing and uh kudos to them and their coaches and uh, you know we're trying to uh shake back from it uh put our best foot forward and prepare for alabama what was it about the, the New Mexico State offense and maybe their game plan that you just mentioned? What was it that, that made it so successful and, and ultimately led them to to a win? Yeah, so uh, I think their initial plan was to come in and, uh, you know, chew as much clock as possible, uh, minimize the, pos- the number of possessions our offense got, um, and just trying to minimize the game and execute on the possessions that they did. And uh, truthfully, they did a really good job of doing that. Um, Minimizing the game, running the play clock down, and then and limiting the uh, offensive possessions. So, I believe the defense had seven possessions out there, um, which is unheard of in terms of full game. Right. Um. But but um. You know they they had a plan. Uh. They came in. They were aggressive. One four and on four down. Uh. Fake punt. Um. So uh. You know just they they did a lot of good things and they they had a re- they're a really good co- good coach team, and um. You know, we're just going to learn from that experience and try to build upon it and understand all of our mistakes and, and put our best foot forward for Alabama. In in a game like that where you just – the team in general, no no particular player or side of the football just kind of as a whole just couldn't ever get it going, right? Just couldn't get a breakthrough and kind of get 
get the game going a little bit. What is, what's the message like during that game, whether it be on the sidelines or in the locker room or anything like that? I mean, what was kind of the vibe and things that were being said in a game where, um, again, you just couldn't, couldn't really get going on Saturday? Yeah, I think the message was us to just, uh, you know, we just wanted that one spark play to get us going. And uh, we were just trying to tell the guys to stay encouraged, uh, uh, just to continue to try to bring some energy. I felt like the energy was low and we are trying to build that energy up. And, um, you know, uh, we were just hoping for that spark play to get us going as a defense. And um, um, we didn't get it on Saturday. So um, the biggest thing is, uh, understanding what we have to do in terms of an energy standpoint and in terms of an intensity standpoint, bringing that uh, level of focus to every everything we do. And we're going to do that today in practice. Or we're going to bring that attention to detail and that level of intensity in practice. So um, when it comes to game time, it's, it's not foreign to us. It's something that we're familiar with and uh, we're used to. So um, I think that was the biggest thing and my biggest takeaway from the game. And it, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mondays, Coach Freeze has a like a meeting with you guys and kind of like a teaching uh, lesson, right? Kind of gets you has a message for everybody and and tells you kind of what he wants you to work on. What was what was that meeting like when the team got together for the first time since Saturday, trying to move on from you know learn from the the New Mexico State game and get ready for for Alabama? Kind of what what was that meeting like when everybody got together for the first time? Yeah, Coach Freeze is just harping on to the team that, you know, in in this day and age of uh, college football, it's tougher and tougher to build uh, closely knit, tight knit teams. And he wanted us to just rely on, you know, our brothers and understand that we have to be tight knit in order to, uh, we have to be willing to go to bat for our brothers in order to, uh, you know, come together for a common goal to win and win in this SEC, you know, so. You know, just the age of NIL is a great thing. Well, you know, as athletes, we're very appreciative for those opportunities and all that stuff. But we have to understand that we have to buy in and uh, let the team's goals be our priority, uh, rather than our own individual or, or our own individual individual goals. And ultimately, the team comes first. So he's just harping on the team, the team, the team, which really, you know, I gravitated to, and I understand that is, you know, that's the essence of why you play college football. You know. The dynamic of uh, college football is, you know, based on the team, you know, and, and being able to, you know, represent and, and go to bat for your brother. So the biggest thing, that was the biggest thing that was harped on. And he was just, uh, you know, just speaking from the heart, letting guys understand that uh, we have to uh, implement some change in order to, to grow and, and become better. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joining us here on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes as we preview the Iron Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, it's a great chance, Eugene, to move on from last week and, and bounce back, and you have a chance to bounce back in a really big way. Um, from the defensive perspective, what can you what can you tell us about this Alabama team? And they're talented. They're getting better every week, and they've got a really good quarterback on the other side in Jalen Milrow. Yeah, uh, I, I said it before, man. Uh, Jalen Milrose is extremely, extremely good, uh, exceptional quarterback. Uh, somebody that's dynamic with his legs uh, and is a great passer. Uh, he's done a lot of the great things throughout uh, throughout this season, and he's certainly somebody that you you highlight on the scouting report. Uh, you know what he brings to the table, um, just as a runner and as a passer, is dynamic. And and um, you know the game plan will certainly be he'll be a focal point of the game plan. Um, other than that, that offense is electric in itself. You know, they got a great offensive line. 
they got good backs uh, that that run the ball hard. They get downhill, and um, you know they make things things happen in the run game. Um, so the biggest thing is just you know uh, containing them on first and second down, and trying to get them into third down situations where you know um, you know we can uh, unlock all types of exotic things and blitzes and um, you know get them behind the chains. Truthfully, so creating plays on on their side of the football, you know TFLs, uh, just trying to bring you know be create havoc on a, as a defense and. I think that's the biggest focal point, um, and just trying to make uh get Jalen off the spot, you know, make him uncomfortable, put him in an uncomfortable situation. So, um, I think that's the biggest emphasis, and that's what we're gonna, you know, continue to work on throughout this week of preparation, and and um, you know, put our best foot forward for the Iron Bowl. Yeah, it's a big game. It is. It's the Iron Bowl. It's Auburn, Alabama, and um, I know this is somewhat new territory for you. But what you know, kind of, uh, what have you heard about this game, and kind of what it means to the Auburn fans, the Auburn family, and people in this town? Man, this is a huge, huge game. Even, even doesn't matter how good or bad each team is, whether it be this year, years past, whatever. This game always just brings it together, and there's always so much on the line in this type of game. So what is this? What have you heard about this game and this iron bowl and what you're looking forward to? Yeah, it's a lot of rich tradition in this game. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people paved the way and a lot of people that, you know, played in this game prior, uh, that, you know, take great pride in uh, this game right here. Um, and we talk about, you know, state divided, you know, uh, mm-hmm. half of the state is Auburn, half of the state is Alabama. So, uh, truthfully in itself, it's, it's a great game with great history. You know, I was, fortunate enough to catch the 2021 Iron Bowl and, and last year's Iron Bowl, but 2021 here at Jordan-Hare uh, when I was at Carolina, and it was a really electric thing, you know. Um, I had about 20 guys in my house just sitting there naturally rooting for uh, Auburn, you know. We're like, oh, man, Auburn's about to beat uh, Alabama. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was just an exciting thing to sit there and watch, you know, how hard the guys played in that game and um, you know, defensively, how you know all the great things they did in that game, uh, Coach Mason and stuff. You know, we're just you know we're grateful uh, to be in the. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be in this game, uh, and to play in this game, and uh, just to you know make those that came before me proud uh, by the way I play the game. Um, and I certainly want the guys to understand how how much is how important it is to a lot of people, so they can go out there and execute and play the best game, and uh, ultimately you know come out with a victory. And, you know, you get a chance to uh, to bounce back, not just in the win column, but back home at Jordan-Hare Stadium, right, for the final time this year, uh, playing, playing at home in front of uh, what's going to be a great crowd. Um, they're they're going to get up and... And we know this, Eugene, when the when the sun goes down, weird things happen at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and, and that could definitely happen this Saturday there at home. Yeah, certainly. We understand that. We understand what the atmosphere, the environment that is here at Jordan-Hare. We understand that, uh, you know, what we can do, we know what we're capable of in our best uh, games of football. You know, so, you know, one thing I enjoy about the game of football is each game is independent from mm-hmm. the one before and after it. You know, so, you know, we're just going to take uh, last week as a learning lesson um, and, and implement all the changes in practice today. And then on top of that, just get ready and, and get prepared, you know, for the biggest game of the year. You know, certainly this is going to be the biggest game I've played in my career. And uh, this is something I take great pride in, you know. So um, it's going to be an exciting out and I just, you know, continue to ask the fans to show up and show out because this will be an electric atmosphere. 
Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joining us on ESPN 106.7. Win or lose on Saturday, this team, you guys are going to the postseason. You're going to a bowl game, um, and you're going to be able to practice a little bit more and then play ultimately play one more game. But what would what would this win on Saturday mean for this team, for you personally and for this team to beat Alabama, to kind of make up for what has happened and uh, get to what would be a pretty good bowl game this year? Oh, it just mean a lot, you know. Just building uh, the culture, the the standard for next year. Uh, understanding that, you know, Coach Freeze is trying to implement something great here, and we see we see that every day in his preparation. We see that every day in his leadership. Uh, he's trying to implement something great at this uh, university. So uh, just understanding that um, and building upon it, it's it's really just such a confidence booster to the young guys. You know, like the seniors and all those, all those before us. You know. Uh, built the foundation to where, um, you know, the Iron Bowl is a game that we plan on, on winning every year. You know, that's something that's uh, important, and that's something that we're going to continue to try to do for years and years. You know, just you know, just building the, the standard and the foundation for next year, so guys understand what what it's like, you know, to play in these games and uh, to you know, eventually elevate, you know, the standard of making a bowl game. And then playing an SEC conference, uh, SEC championship game, and just growing upon it, and growing upon it, and growing upon it, until uh, we we are where we want to be. So this is a big game and a big momentum game for this season and going into next season. Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante joins us every week throughout football season for Tiger Takes here on ESPN 106.7. We'll have one more uh, that we'll get a chance to talk to Eugene. We will uh, recap the Iron Bowl next week and preview uh, what the postseason could look like and uh, what this team is going to be doing and and, and try to squeeze another one in there. And so uh, we appreciate him and we appreciate his time again with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes. Tiger Takes proudly presented each Wednesday by the also Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Russell Building Supply is your hometown home improvement store. You'll find what you need when you need it. And as a Russell Rewards member, you'll be in the know about monthly specials and exclusive offers. Russell Building Supply, East University in Auburn, across from Cary Creek Public. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center at Building Supply. Tracy Lawrence, live at the Oaks Farm, Saturday, December 2nd, with the Red Clay Strays and Zach Top. Tickets start at $45, kids 6 and under free. $1 from every ticket sold goes to Tracy Lawrence's Mission Possible, benefiting the homeless. That's December 2nd, gates open at 5, the Oaks Farm, Veterans Parkway, Lafayette, Alabama. Tickets now at 423productions.com. Robert Pig with Pig Enterprises. Over two decades ago, when my dad had the wild idea to get into the car business, I never would have imagined being part of a multi-generational family business specializing in pre-owned vehicles. That's probably because I've heard every used car salesman joke you have, and who would want that? Neither did he. That's exactly why he started Pig Enterprises and why our family continues to do what we do today. We understand how awful car buying can be. We understand it can be stressful and overwhelming. We understand it's a big investment. 
This is exactly why we do the things we do completely different than the other guys. You'll be treated like family. Your money and time will be valued. You'll receive a top quality vehicle backed by our name and our free three-month, 3,000-mile pig certified warranty. There is a reason why we have repeatedly been named Dealer Raider Dealer of the Year for the state of Alabama. Come see for yourself. Come to Pig Enterprises and get a squeal of a deal. I'm Jessica Samuel with Opelika Power Services. Opelika Power is committed to delivering the highest level of service and value to our customers. We are devoted to meeting the needs of our customers through safe, reliable, and affordable delivery of electricity to the home. We're proud to serve you. Please visit our website for more information about the benefits of public power. We thank you for your business. We're Opelika Power Services, hometown people working for you. It's the trendy, fashionable boutique that's easy on the pocketbook. Discover Elizabeth Boutique, the cute contemporary clothing and more store in downtown Auburn. Elizabeth Boutique has all the in-demand tops, skirts, pants, shoes, and accessories for all ages, plus a great gift selection. And you'll be pleasantly surprised by the affordable prices. It's the unique boutique for all occasions. Elizabeth Boutique on North College, downtown Auburn, and on Facebook. On The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes here on the Wednesday Drive. Fun show today. Jason Caldwell with us. For the first hour, David Paschal for an extended segment to start the uh, 5 o'clock hour. And then the Tiger takes interview with Eugene Asante. So a uh, fun show here as we get ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yep, I'm, I'm already ready. I've got sweatpants on right now. <laughs> it's, what's, what, now. I feel like you've answered this before, but what, what is the – we've asked other people, what's the Bill Cameron plate? What, what, is, what is the – got to have got to have some of the – now, we generally have turkey, ham, and chicken. Okay. Um, because she uses... Three proteins. Well, I mean, the chicken is mainly to create the broth for right. the dressing. Yes. But then the chicken's really good. It's so tender. Sure. And moist. You, you have some of that. So it's smoked, it's smoked turkey, it's glazed ham, and it's sort of just like... Baked... Uh, Pan fried something. Yeah. You know, well, I, but then then we got then you got to have dressing. Uh, my wife's corn casserole, the sweet potato, uh, the sweet potato casserole slash, slash souffle, which is Teresa's. Does mac and cheese make an appearance? Uh, mac here? and cheese is definitely it, it making an appearance in, in the rotation. Uh, it's generally it takes two it takes two trips to get everything. We do uh. have big plates, and that's we hadn't even touched the. Uh, appetizers and desserts. Yeah, oh, happy Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's why. Everybody. That's why it's uh, sweatpants time. Right. Yeah, Dan. Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and and and, and to you and yours, Bill. Extend uh, my best wishes to uh, everyone tomorrow. And we're, so we're off tomorrow. Back Friday, Justin Ferguson with us. Uh, we will we'll talk to uh, Sonny Smith and Don Dunn as well as we preview the Iron Bowl. So join us then. That's going to wrap it up for the Wednesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.